we can turn to the book of Second Corinthians chapter 12. Akisijui notes zangu ziko wapi? Wa Second Corinthians chapter 12. This past month we've been having visitors and we do appreciate visitors. We've had people who have encouraged us. I remember the other week we had um, Calvary Christian Church and Pastor Sue McNeil uh, shared about an encouraging word that God is going to do an amazing thing through the book of um, Haggai. And then last week I remember um, her name was Keisha Green. She shared from the book of John chapter 9 verse 1 to 3 and she shared her story. And I believe that God is in the business of sorting and meeting the needs of his people. Before that we were doing a series on prayer. I am still searching for my notes. <laughs> um, God help me. Um, Second Corinthians chapter 12. This is the series that we are doing for this month. Um, though this month we will have different people, this month will be led by you guys. <laughs> we will have Ladies Sunday and Konoma fans. We will have Ladies Sunday and we will have Men Sunday. Um, we will have men Sunday we will we will have a guest speaker and I believe it's going to be an amazing time and we have one of us here I won't I won't say who it is this guy has actually done a song an amazing song and he will be he will be doing that song during men Sunday <laughs> um, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven. Let's start verse six. This is Paul speaking. Paul is the one who wrote the book of Second Corinthians. Even if I should choose to boast, I will not be a fool because I will be speaking the truth. But I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Verse 9. But he said to me, My grace 
is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about the weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest in me. The title of this short I'll call it um, a short sermon is I don't know, a sermonette when God we have been taught that whenever we pray God answers we have been taught that God is faithful God is just and someone was teaching about prayer and he was saying that when we pray to God we pray to him as the father we pray to God as the father and Jesus being God the son taught us about prayer in the aspect of God the father and in Matthew chapter 6 he says our father not my father and that means that us as the children of God we are all in one family that's why God is our father and if God is our father that automatically makes us the children and it calls for a relationship that's why God is a relational God so when we call to God our father our father meets us at our points of need and then we have been taught that also we can pray to God as a righteous judge let me put that aside first we can also pray to God as a friend the Bible in the book of Genesis Abraham the Bible says that Abraham is a friend of God. Genesis chapter 15, fast forward, Jesus tells his disciples, I have not called you servants, but I have called you friends. Because a friend will reveal things that a master cannot reveal to a servant. A friend goes to God on behalf of other people. We call it intercession. Abraham in the book of Genesis went to God on behalf of Lot, his nephew. Hakini Lot alikuwa ananikatia sana. Abraham was told to leave the land and he left, but Lot followed him. He had to leave a lot behind. But <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember when they were being given land um, Lord went and took the one that he saw that he saw it was fit for him and then you guys you can read the book of Genesis you, you find that there is a place that Abraham is having a conversation with God as a friend supposedly if we have this number of people will you destroy the city and then God is having a conversation. The infallible, the 
divine is interacting with humanity and the divine is calling humanity friend that alone is mind blowing and then abraham bless you abraham interceded and lot was saved as a result we can pray to god as our father and our father will give us our needs and then we can also pray to god on 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 behalf of other people that's why when we get when we, when we become born again when we become born again jesus tells us that i have called you friends so we can go to god on behalf of our fathers we can go to god on behalf of our mothers we can go to god on behalf of our schools we can go to god on behalf of our families we can go to god on behalf of our jobs because god is able to reason with us The other thing about prayer is we have been taught that we can go to God as the righteous judge. The Bible in the book of Psalms says that righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. In other words without righteousness there's no place where god will set his throne so that he will execute justice the bible says that if you confess your sin he is faithful and just he is faithful as a father and just as the righteous judge jesus himself spoke about prayer from the point of having a courtroom session if you read the book of Luke chapter 18 Jesus is trying to encourage his disciples to pray and to always pray and to never stop to pray and Jesus gives this illustration of a widow a widow who will go to a wicked king and this widow in the Jewish culture I've mentioned this many times in the Jewish culture women had no place so she is a widow not even a woman she doesn't have someone to intercede but she went and she was persistent prayer is about persisting prayer is about keep on praying even when you don't see things happening when we pray to god as the righteous judge the things that can stop god from answering our prayers is one thing sin the bible says that satan is the adversary adversary and adversary is someone who goes to someone on behalf of someone because they have done something wrong and when they go to this person they say hey this person did this and this and this and this and then the judge will say there's nothing that i can do because this person deserves punishment In the book of Job we get to find that Satan will have access and go to God. So when we live a life of sin and then we pray we want God to answer our prayers God will say there's nothing that I can do. It is sin that is stopping you from experiencing the things that you are supposed to experience 
I am the righteous judge. I execute judgment and I am fair, but it is sin that is hindering. But the Bible says if we confess our sins, if we confess, if we bring the things that are underneath and then we bring it to the table, God will step in as a righteous judge and he will tell the devil, you know what? Yes, yesterday she cast. Yes, yesterday she did this and this and this. Yesterday he did this and he stole, but he came back to me and he is my son. There's no way that he is going to go through this. God is the righteous judge. And when you pray to God as the righteous judge, God does not have to hear anyone. I remember there's a lady friend of mine, she told me her sister she had been caught. And the reason as to why she had been caught is nothing. And then I told her, I want us to pray to God as the righteous judge. Is there any sin that can hinder God from moving? Two hours later she texted me and she told me that she has been released no charge nothing the judge told her you are free to go we can pray to god as the father we can go pray to god as friend and also as the righteous judge and so let me introduce to you someone who was known as one of the greatest thinkers someone who was Jewish by birth from the tribe of Benjamin someone who was a Christian persecutor someone who hated Christians and so when Christians were actually going to Damascus I did a research the reason as to why Christians were going to Damascus in the book of Acts is the reason that the, 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 the people who were persecuting the Christians or the, the Jews at that time were the Romans and other people. So in Damascus, the leader of Damascus was for the Jews. So people will, be ref, will go to Damascus as a refuge. And so this man called Paul is going to Damascus and this person sees a bright light and this is where now the divine meets with this person that is trying to persecute and to, to hand over Christians to be murdered and to be tortured and to go through a difficult time. And then God stopped it. You see, when we live a life that is following Christ, we will have someone who will stop things. We are running to a place of refuge but God will just come and stop it. Sometimes sickness may be trying to follow you, but God stopped it. Sometimes persecution or retrenchment or being, be, being sent home because of fees, but God stopped it, stopped it. God will stop things even sometimes when we are on the run. God will stop things when we are going to hide. And it's so interesting in the book of Acts, we see that, that, that when Paul saw Jesus, 
Jesus said, soul, soul, why are you persecuting me? There's no place that the Bible says that soul met with Jesus. But what Jesus actually meant is, whenever you are persecuting my people, it's like you're touching me. And I am going to stop sickness. I am going to stop diseases. I am going to stop lack of jobs. I am going to stop persecution. I am going to stop deaths, premature deaths. I am going to stop things that are going to touch my people. This is what actually God says. So as long as you are his, I want you to remember that the battle is not yours. As long as you continue to live the life of righteousness, as you continue to live a life of serving God, yes, you may be running. Yes, you may be on the run, but there's someone who is going to stop it. I feel like telling you, say, stop it. <laughs> and then this man, he gives his life to Jesus. He sees the light. And after seeing the light, Saul, I think he goes to Arabia. And for three days, he couldn't see because he couldn't comprehend seeing Jesus and Jesus was working in his life and now Saul he gets to understand his calling that he was called to the Gentiles the Gentiles he was called to the Gentiles and being called to the Gentiles what he actually meant is he had to change his name from Saul to Paul and Paul is set apart for service and Paul he is someone who is going through a difficult time. Remember, this is the person who wanted to kill people. And now he is going to the people that he wanted to kill. But not to kill now, to rescue them. And the Bible says that Barnabas searched for him. The word search in that, in that phrase actually means to search with pain. The disciples still couldn't trust him. That's why they will say, give him this small group to lead. He can't still build a church. He can't still uh, do some things. But God was still at work in the disciples. God was still at work in the life of Paul. And Paul rose to the place that he wrote over 10 books of the New Testament. This is someone who went from city to city and he will turn a city upside down. This is someone who reached the peak of his ministry and he will walk by and his handkerchief and his cloth will heal people. This is someone who was, who, who was at a point whereby someone will fall, drop down, dead, and he will go and he will raise that person back to the dead. This is someone who when he was in chains, he was still writing scripture. He was still writing things that will exhort us, things that will encourage us, things that will help us on how to write letters, how to go about life, how to go about the issues of the church. And one of the challenges is in your area of captivity where you're stuck in, are you still able to allow God to use you? And Paul, 
Paul comes to a moment in time and he says he has a thorn in the flesh. He has a, a thorn in the flesh. Remember, this is someone who performed extraordinary miracles. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 19 to 20 that even demons recognized him. This was someone who will do amazing miracles after being a captive. The Bible says that he was given the 39 lashes about 5 times. This is someone who was caught up in a shipwreck. This is someone who went through a a difficult season. And then he has a thorn in the flesh and him having a thorn in the flesh the bible says that he prayed three times three times he did not pray three times for this person who was dead so that he will come back to life paul did not pray three times for things to happen but he was struggling with his own issues and when he was in public he was victorious This is the person who taught us that prayer is warfare. He is the one who taught us that we should have a shield of faith. In fact, faith is something that we should fight with. He is the one who taught us that you should you should fight with your faith. He should he is the one who spoke in the book of 1 Corinthians that keep the faith no matter what comes and goes, keep the faith. Keep the faith. You may lose some things. Keep the faith. You may lose your, you may lose your job. Keep the faith. This is someone who taught about taught us about the helmet of salvation. He t- spoke to us about the the shoes and he talked to us about the belt of truth and this is person a person who is praying god remove this remove this thing that is disturbing me theologians say that the thorn in the flesh could be that Paul did not have clear eyesight that's why you see in the book of philippians that he is thanking the philippian church that they could be his eyes other theologians are saying that he suffered from epilepsy This is someone who would heal people. This is someone who never treated anyone in a bad way. This is someone that God used exceedingly and abundantly, but he is struggling with his own private issues. And sometimes we may be a people who are good with other people. We may give advice, we may pray for other people, we may see people falling, but in our own issues we are struggling. In our own issues we are going through a difficult time. In our own issues we know that prayer is warfare. We know that we can pray to God as the Father. We know that we can pray to God as a friend. God, I pray that you sort sister B. I pray that you sort brother D. But when it comes to your own issues you don't even have food. You're not even going to school. There's nothing that is happening in your life. I think that everyone might have a thorn in their flesh. Three times this man prayed. He did not pray once. He did not pray twice, but three times. This is someone who understood how to articulate. He understood when to keep quiet. He understood when to tell God thank you. He understood everything when it comes to prayer, but in his own issue, he is in pain. He is sometimes even being embarrassed if it was epilepsy. This is someone who is going through a difficult time. Do you have 
like a thorn in your flesh? Do you have something that keeps you from sleeping sometimes? That you come to church and you say you are okay, but when you go back home, you're crying. You may seem like a, like a warrior, but when you go home, you are as weak as the word itself. You may tell other people, I trust that God will come through for you. I believe that God will see you through. I know that your issue, there is nothing that God cannot do. God is able. God will do exceedingly, abundantly. In fact, there is no one who can thwart the plans of God. But you yourself, you don't even know how you're going to go to school. You yourself, you've not eaten. You yourself, you have issues. You yourself, you're struggling with things. And sometimes this thing may make us to come to a place of wondering, God, do you even hear my prayers? Why do you listen to the prayers of other people? Yet me, I'm alone. You can't see that I am crying. You can't see that I am tearing up. You can't see that I am embarrassed. Look at the clothes that I have. Look at the place that we stay. Look, I am walking and my friends are all blessed. In fact, my friends are, are not born again, but look at them. They are in good schools. These people are doing amazing things but I am. And then what does God answer? God tells him that my grace <laughs> my grace is sufficient. Have you ever prayed to God and told him, God, I need school fees. And then God tells you, my grace is sufficient. God, you see mom and dad are fighting, but God tells you, my grace is sufficient. Have you ever been sick and you have no money, you don't have insurance, and God is saying, my grace is sufficient. Have you ever been at a place that you are embarrassed because of how you look like your hair? You look at the clothes that you have, but God is telling you, my grace is sufficient. You see other people getting jobs. Other people are dating, but you are there as single as a mango seed. And God is telling you, my grace is sufficient. I know it's easy to laugh. I know it's easy to laugh. Let me explain grace. We usually say that grace is unmerited favor. When we say grace is unmerited favor, it means God gives us things that we don't deserve. So in other words, when Paul was not, the thorn in the flesh was not removed, he still got what he did not deserve. Grace. But if we say that grace is unmerited favor alone, we limit it to being a redeeming agent. 
That's why we are saved by grace through faith. But grace goes beyond. Grace goes beyond being unmerited favor. Actually, grace empowers you to do things that you will never do in your own strength. Grace empowers you. Grace empowers you to be someone who is able. You are sick but you will still come to church. You don't have school fees but you will still come to church. You don't have parents but you will still come to church. You don't have provisions but you will still come to church. You don't have anything but you will still come to church. You don't have nice clothes but you will still come to church because grace is sufficient. Grace empowers you. But I am tired sometimes of us Christians. Whenever we have a headache, we say, I'm not going to go to church. But God is speaking through Paul that his grace will be sufficient. Many of us would want to give testimonies. Oh, God blessed me with a job. Oh, God blessed me with a boyfriend. God blessed me with this car. God blessed me with things. But are you able to come to church even when God doesn't do it? Are you able to still praise God when your family is in a mess? Are you able to praise God when you have nothing with you and God is calling us to be a people who will praise him, who will who will do things to him because his grace is sufficient. When God answers you not the way you want, will you still come to church? When God does not take that sickness, will you still come to church? When you have prayed for over five years and you are trusting God for something and God does not answer it, will you still serve him? When God says, I will not remove this horrible boss or this person or this thing that is making you not to sleep, not to be able to have a peaceful life, will you still say, God, I trust you. God, I will serve you. God, I will walk with you. His grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And today I'm sending the people who, 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 who just think that whenever we pray that God will answer us every time according to how we want. Remember Paul. Paul was an amazing guy. Paul did amazing things. But he himself, he struggled with prayer. His grace is sufficient. Today, the ones who want their prayers to be answered the way they want. I'm still doing a research on a sermon and it says that millennials actually don't see the need of going to church. Millennials don't see the need of coming to church. I'm generalizing. Millennials are called individualistic people. It's about me. So when I come to church, it's about me. That's why when I say the Lord will bless you, you will say amen. When I say the Lord will open doors for you, you'll say amen. When I say the Lord will do you good, you'll say amen. He will do exceedingly. He will open doors. You will all say amen. 
But when I say God will not answer you the way you want it, people will see this pastor is not okay. Friends, we need faith to sustain us when God doesn't answer the way we want. I'd like to call the MC. But let's bow down our heads. My God. Let us be up on our feet even as we share the words of the grace. And now may the grace Last week.